We're rounding the final turn of Whiskey Weeks. Yes, we're almost to the end, but not quite. This week, we talked about Starlight Distillery in Indiana. We'll be talking to Christian Huber and James Wood there. And remember, this is the Hops and Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green, and this is Whiskey Weeks, presented by Ober Gatlinburg, where you can win a four-pack of tickets, premium wristbands, and tram rides at Ober Gatlinburg. All you got to do is... Follow the directions on our Instagram at Hop Spirits, all one word. The giveaway ends on November 4th, 2020 at 1 p.m. Eastern. All the details are on our Instagram. Find us at Hop Spirits, all one word. And remember, come discover all the wonderful things that Ober Gatlinburg Ski Area Amusement Park has to offer. Experience breathtaking views as you ride the aerial tramway from downtown Gatlinburg to the mountaintop to play, shop, and dine. Summer tubing, wildlife encounter, coaster, ice bumper cars, alpine slide, chairlift, year-round ice skating, and much more equals fun for everyone. During the winter months, enjoy snow tubing, skiing, or snowboarding, or play in the Cubby Snow Zone with your little ones. Fun festivals round out the calendar with May Fest in the spring and Oktoberfest each fall. A mountaintop of fun and excitement high above Gallenberg is waiting for you at Ober Gallenberg Ski Area and Amusement Park. And now let's get into our whiskey week, so let's not waste any more time. And today with us, we've got Christian Huber, the jack of all trades and a seventh generation distiller farmer, and James Wood, branded sales manager, both for Starlight Distillery and Huber Winery and Huber Farm as well. As I mentioned, it's Indiana, just north of Louisville. Uh, Christian, James, uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Now, for, for those that don't know, uh, you know, Huber uh, Winery goes back a long way, but it's not just a winery. It's not just a distillery. It's like this family wonderland for those that whether they want to enjoy just going out to the farm or enjoy a little wine or enjoy a little whiskey you can kind of get all that there how did that happen well let's uh, a little precursor about the family business um like i said we want to be very accepting of all aspects of life um growing up on a farm we wanted to show everyone when it came to the aspect of growing from the littlest kids that are in kindergarten first grade second grade to where they can understand where their fruits and vegetables grow. Um, But originally we were founded as a winery uh, back in 1843. So we've always stayed true to our heritage um, when it comes to winemaking and distillation. But we wanted to have a, a basically a, uh, a place to where you can bring your kids to where they can play in the family farm park, learn about how and where their fruit and like I said, their fruits, their vegetables come from. Um, but also as the parents, as the kids are getting older and come 21, they can actually understand the production of alcohol and see how grapes and especially this vinifera are grown and then going into our whiskeys and brandy. So it's all uh, all one big, uh, quote unquote, like a Disney world when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> I like that. And as you said, you know, you guys are seventh generation. Your dad, Ted, is the current president. His first cousin, Greg, is your CEO. Uh, your mom, Dana, is the VP. Greg's wife is the CFO. Um, it really is a true family operation. I mean, you're part of it. Your brother Blake's part of it. Uh, what's that like having, you know, being at a place where seven generations have, have worked there uh, for, for so long? It's a, well, it's very cool, but also a lot of pressure in the same way. I mean, we've been <laughs> Good here pressure for, though, right? <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, it makes me the best who I can be, but... Uh, I mean, we've been here for 177 years this year, um, 177 years of farming, uh, the same property we always have. Um, and of course, the property has went through um, very diverse changes. 
1843, we've been a winery into fruit farming, into vegetables, back into winemaking, into distillation. Um, so like I said, it's been, it's an honor to be a part of a family legacy. Um, like I said, it's my great, 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 great grandpa is the one who founded this. Um, so it's more of a, it's a really a cool story how we got to where we are and I'm proud to carry that tradition on. And, and that's awesome. And, and James, for you, I mean, to work for, for all these Hubers, uh, is, is that daunting in and of itself or, or is it just kind of a, a fun place to be? Um, no, it's, it's definitely a, a fun place to be. Um, I've known the Hubers for quite some time now, uh, through previous work. And I also was first intro, uh, introduced to Ted and Dana at a restaurant that I used to bartend at. They sat at my bar top a couple times, um, got to know who they were those two times. And then through previous work and later years, uh, we were partnered, uh, through, through, uh, through that Bev alcohol work. And then, uh, when they decided to create this position uh, last year is is uh, when I applied for it. And luckily, I was the one that got hired. So while while it, some of the work is daunting because, you know, you're trying to grow the brand and trying to expand throughout Indiana and Kentucky and in and, and the other states, the other surrounding states as well, um, for for a majority of the time, it, it is a lot of fun. And then for, you know, for you guys, uh, uh, Christian and James, whoever wants to answer this, I mean, what's it like balancing these two? T- some of this is kind of, they go hand in hand, but to me, they can be a little different because you have the the pick orchards, the farm market, um, then you have the winery, the cafes, and then you have Starlight Distillery. How do you guys balance kind of all of that and, and how does each one kind of shine through? So the unique thing about us is that um, our family and, and as a whole, I mean, uh, like I said, we all specialize in certain different aspects. Uh, me and my brother were both very interested in alcohol production, and we both got our viticulture enology um, kind of background. Like I said, I did um, the winery and uh, viticultural technician program from Niagara College in Ontario, Canada. My brother did viticulture enology out of Cornell University in upstate New York. Um, but our other cousins, like I said, they specialized in, uh, more in, in the agricultural aspect. So that's AJ. Um, Marcy was a rolls uh, Holman graduate, um, doing a little bit more of the actual chemical engineering side of things. And then our other cousin, Allie, focused on, on event and management. Um, so we were able to, uh, quote unquote, specialize within our certain departments, um, leading us to get a good foothold in what we're doing to be able to... Uh, take our passions and kind of shine through. Um, and that, I mean, that makes our work better. And I think that's what makes us very separate is that we get to follow our passions and do it in a very interesting family business aspect. And then obviously, uh, you know, as you go through, through the things, Huber Winery officially, officially opened in, in 1978 with strawberry wine. You guys now have 80 acres of, of various vineyards and then, you know, in 2001, Starlight Distillery officially got open, but it was fruit-based spirit production only. Can you guys talk about that process? Because I know it was not very easy to get to, to even just that point um, in Indiana. And then, let alone then in 2013, being able to, you know, kind of get the whiskeys and other, uh, you know, things online. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ever since 1843, I mean, we've been in the, the wine game, especially... Um, Simon Heber, when he came across, he came off a wine estate in Germany, 
Um, it's still there today. It's in Baden Baden. But uh, when he came up to the estate, I mean, he founded this as a basically a winery and a brandy house. Um, so I know we're going to jump through history real quick. Um, but Indiana as a whole was not very nice when it comes to uh, distillation bills and alcohol <laughs> bills in general after Prohibition. Um, so Simon gave it to uh, Ignatius. Ignatius got us into the multi-fruit farming. Uh, Charles, um, like I said, this is when the Great War, World War I was going on, uh, got us back into brandy distillation. And then Carl, um, the next gen after that, after Prohibition, um, kind of was more the whiskey drinker, um, got us more in the focus of whiskey. But Indiana was, again, denying us and denying us a DSP license. Um, so when my grandpa had the estate, he wanted to get it back into the original winery side of things. So he started the VW, uh, the Bond and Winery back, um, again, producing fruit wines and then eventually into the dry Vis Vinifera. Um, but it took Indiana, my grandpa and my dad to finally get the bill turned in 2001. It took us and Seagram's now known as NGP, of course, to basically lobby to get Indiana to do distillation. And the funniest thing is that we lobbied to get grain-based distillation. I mean, you think Indiana's number one export is corn, right? Yeah. You would allow us to do grain, but funny enough, um, they basically looked at us and said, all right, you get the law to basically produce brandy. And we were like, are you kidding me? So Seagram's and us basically looking at each other and be like, it's something. Seagram's had the right to distill um, grain-based spirits because of how much money the government put in during the, uh, the two wars for medical-grade alcohol. So they were, of course, turning out tons and tons of alcohol but little old us um basically got pushed to the side doing brandy so in 2001 we started doing brandy um and we've been doing that ever since but uh we got introduced to some really amazing people um through the brandy process Uh, at the time my dad got appointed to adi where he met dave and dave dave perkins dave pickerel Penn jensen lisa wicker and we always knew we were going to be into the whiskey side of things it was just a matter of time so in like 2005 six and seven um when he were he was on adi um him dave and a bunch of other those adi adi guys were basically we we're having fun here with our little 80 on carl still and producing what would be starlight bourbon and rye um like i said i grew up with uh, dave pickerel i mean he was our he was in our guest bedroom quite a bit like I said, he was staying the <laughs> night for the ADI conference. He was going up the uh, NGP to do his barrel pick. So I saw him quite a bit uh, through my childhood, and he helped me actually eventually get into the distillation game and helped me with my palate. But um, he was coming over here. My dad and him were talking about what he wanted to do as a uh, mash bill, and we did two back then. We did 51 20, 29, um, and 60 20, 20, one with wheat, one without wheat. And, uh, as Hubers, I know you have the whiskeys in front of you. Uh, mm-hmm. We're high rye fans. Uh, always have been. But kind of skip forward into about 2010. Um, we, again, went back up to Indianapolis and lobbied to get uh, distillation of grains back into the state. Um, and it took us till 2013 to actually get that passed. But when it passed, like I said, we put our DSP. We kept our old DSP from the brandy, which is still uh, IN31. Um, so we kept that DSP code and kind of ran it over to the whiskey. But, um, so when Starlight was opening, uh, a lot of people didn't know we were supposed to be another rebottled, uh, like NGP product. We were going to do what Smooth Amber was doing. I mean, look at Sagamore, Willet, um, you name it. There's, 
a lot of labels yeah. out there right yeah, there, now. Yeah, there, a lot of people don't realize how, how many do that in this day and age, I, I still think. Well, I mean, even Bullet, even the big boys, Bullet's doing, what, Four Roses, Single Barrels? I mean, it's just common industry practice. Mm-hmm. But um, we were supposed to do that. Um, we were set up to do it. Um, but Dave and Dad and a couple other people looked around and, and we tasted what we were producing back in uh, five, six, seven, and eight. And we knew our mash bills, they worked. And we were happy about that. Um, so since that point going forward, we're like, we're going to do Starlight on our own distillate. Um, like I said, everything's going to come through our plant. Um, and we wanted to truly create a farm to table product. And that's what we were pushing is that kind of aspect. Um, and ever since then, like I said, it was kind of tough to, to bite the bullet and turn out three year whiskey that we knew wasn't quite there, but we had to turn some money over. Um, and until what we are today, which we're putting out four five and six year old whiskey that we're proud about cause it's our own distillate. So it's been a, it's been a journey. I was going to say it hasn't been a, uh, an easy journey either. I don't, I don't believe. No, it's, uh, the nights of waking up, distilling, getting our own products back. I mean, barrels leaking out to where, I mean, we're a small distillery. When a barrel leaks out, it's a big deal for us. I mean, we only mm-hmm. produce about 800 barrels a year. Um, like I said, back in 15, 16, and 17. So when it came back to it, I mean, barrels leaking out was bad news for us. And it was a, it was a heart jerking, um, couple of years. Cause we didn't know what people were going to think about Indiana straight bourbon whiskey and rye whiskey. Um, and we knew people would think we're in GP, which still to this day, we're battling with that. But, um, it's been a roller coaster, but nothing's more proud than tasting your own distillate, knowing that it came off the farm uh, or came off the town of Starlight and basically produced what it was. And that's what keeps us going day after day, week after week, and the long hours that we put in. I was going to say, I mean, obviously, you know, it takes time for, for new brands uh, to kind of cut through. And I feel like you all have finally been able to kind of I don't know, turn that corner or so in the last couple of years. Um, how, how has that been? Because obviously now you're, you're starting to get more recognition. You still run into those that think you're, you know, that, that place from, you know, up, up down the road in, in Indiana, but you're also having a lot of people now look for that name, look for starlight. I'm guessing that has to also make all those long nights and uh, tough days really worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's kind of fun when I'm walking around the property, be like, you're Christian Huber. I said, yeah. And it's like, well, we all listened to <laughs> podcast by you and I'm listening to this and I'm like, really? You actually listened to me. Cause I'm like, my opinion doesn't mean anything. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, you're drinking whiskey that I made back when, before I was 21. I mean, that's the funny thing about it. Uh, one of the most humbling, most funny things I've ever got to say in my life is that me and my brother were both in high school. We actually did a sherry barrel finish um bourbon but we both made it when we were in high school but i got nine what was it 91 points on whiskey Avic or the wine spectator yeah the so the one that he's talking about specifically it's a sherry finished bottled and bond single barrel bourbon uh luckily for him i was the one that submitted it to wine enthusiast um uh, but it did receive 91 points uh that we are quite proud of with, between wine enthusiasts and whiskey advocates. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he, it, it was a fantastic bourbon that they put together. But yeah, we were back in, I mean, me and Blake were in high school when we made that. I mean, it's kind of, it's fun to know that, like I said, we've, we've had really blessed to have great mentors and 
I mean, really, really great master distillers right across the river that reached out and helped me and my brother and my dad taste and build what Starlight is. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Wes Henderson on the property, just stopping in, talking, tasting, um, growing up, like I said, with Dave Pickerel, um, knowing the Carters really well from, like I said, it's a, uh, it's been a blessing. Starlight as a whole, though, wouldn't be here today without all the help that we've got through the community and through people. I mean, it was funny. A lot of Louisville looked bad because we were on the other side of the river, right? Mm-hmm. We were in Indiana producing bourbon. Um, very early on, you know, the whole bourbon comes from Kentucky. But it was the master distillers across the river that were really cheering us on, saying that you guys can do it. Um that really helped us keep us going. But the recognition portion of it, like I said, it's more, uh, it's very humbling. And I feel great that people are seeking after these. And I hope you guys are along for the ride because we're putting stuff back for, I mean, our single barrels right now, hopefully in about two years, you'll be able to say six, seven uh, year old picks. And then we're sending barrels back to go into the teens. And we're also sending some back to go into the twenties. Um, so so, so it might be possible that one of your whiskeys is, like aged longer than, than almost like about half your age or, or, or longer. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I think one of the things that we like, uh, showing off on our tours around here, um, we have four barrels of brandy and four barrels of bourbon that are actually in our wine cellar. And, uh, those barrels are, have distillate in them from two years ago that was distilled on the 175th anniversary of uh, continuous farm production for the family and the, and the property and the farm. And the plan is to have those aged for 25 years and to be bottled on the 200th anniversary of uh, farm production and, and being around and privately owned. So, uh, you know, while there is definitely a plan in the short game, there, there is a plan for the long game as well. Um, and I, I'm personally very excited to try some of that 25 year old, uh, once it comes of age to start sampling, it's it's going to be some good stuff. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I mean, everything I've tried so far has has been great. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, that means a lot. And the, you know, the the funniest thing is like, I want, people always ask, we want to keep Starlight within our family. I want my kids to take it over, and I want my kids' kids to keep running it. Um, so as a game, I mean, I'm putting some whiskey back that hopefully I won't sell; they'll sell, which is crazy to think about in the game of where things are coming from. But I mean, in distillation, you don't think in a single generation, you got to think in multiple generations. Um, Distillation is not a get rich quick um, type of business. There's no substitute for time and barrels, nor can like, again, I always, I don't talk trash about small barrels either, but you can't cheat time. Um, And for Starlight, like I said, that was the biggest thing that we wanted to showcase was, we're going to be honest with our age statements. That's why we put age statements on everything. Um, because we want people to see what we taste like now, see what our stuff tastes like when it is seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year old. And then again, into 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. Um, Cause like I said, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Um, and we wanted people to be along for that. And I was going to say, I, I've had uh, the three, three different ones. I've got the, the rye whiskey right in front of me, the Indiana straight rye, um, I had the the double oaked um, bourbon, and then I had the uh, Rickhouse Select, and I I think one of my favorite things I've noticed on each is you 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 signed two of them, mm-hmm. and I believe your bro- brother Blake signed the other one. Is it something where each of you likes to do a kind of specific 
uh, type of, of whiskey or is it just kind of whatever mood you're in on those given days? So we all have different palates. Um, dad, myself, my brother, like I said, we're, we can't be not opposites, but can't be more different than each other. What we like to drink. Uh, for instance, I'll always say NGP is one of my favorite distilleries. 95.5 as a rye and the 36% rye mash bill are two of my favorites. That's why I like the Willet stuff they were putting out. Um, and there's a lot of great NGP from, like I say, everywhere. But um, I'm also a big, on the flip side, kind of more of a turkey guy. Um, and my brother, he's a Four Roses OBS V fan. Um, and dad's more of that old school uh, turkey and old forester guy. So when we taste whiskeys that we put our names on, those are barrels that we like better um, for what we're picking for. So if you taste my dad, you might get a little bit more of the corn, more of the tobacco leaf, more of those caramel wood sugars. Um, what you're looking for with mine, you're going to get a lot more higher rye spice, um, more of the citrus tones. Uh, with my brother, you're going to get this floral fruitiness with it. Um, but just like Four Roses does with their mash bills, we're kind of doing with different people who pick barrels. So if you're more of my dad's type, follow T. Huber barrels. If you're more of mine, follow C. Huber. If you're Blake, follow B. Huber, um, <laughs> which really gets you to specialize on certain different picks. Um, there's a lot of internal competition, who's better, who's worse, but um, it's all subjective. Everyone has their own palate. But that's kind of why we uh, do the different um, picks, just so you guys can follow us as a uh, as a palate. I was going to say the, the rye, which is what I have right in front of me right right this second, it has been uh, a, a really enjoyable, and you don't even realize it's you know 114 proof and four years old. It feels... Uh, lighter than that in terms of the proof and older than that in terms of the of the year it's it's pretty impressive well thank you like i said <clears throat> our distillation aspect when it comes to it the reason why i think ours tastes a little bit older than some of the others in the industry is uh, we have the brandy philosophy in distillation um which what i mean by that is that, like i said we're brandy producers at heart and brandy you strip a lot more of the oils off mash bill or off like i said off your actual distillation runs um so we take that into our mash bills and strip a lot of these corn oils across like i said we're only 51 percent corn and 60 percent corn and the malted barley and their wheat is almost like i said 20 and 9 or no wheat and 20 percent. so we let that rye shine through and there's no lie that rye um at youth seems older than what a lot of high corn high wheated mash bills do um, so when we clean up the uh, the oils, um, it really gives the distillate uh, more mature characteristics in its youth and its balance between its oak and its actual uh, grain notes coming out. So the citrus is more balanced with the vanilla, lalavin, when you get those toasty aromas out of the oak, um, has more balance. And we go for that in the fermentation process too with our Saccharomyces cerevisiae that we're throwing into our sweet mash. Um we highlight those and I can get geeky all you want with kind of that kind of stuff. I really, I was going to say, you can tell you love this. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm proud of it. Like I said, it's our, it's our baby. Um, but when it comes down to it, um, the distillation portion is so impactful and we have a $17, a fifth, um, blackberry whiskey. We take all those heavier oils that come later in the stripping run, uh, or finishing run. So, um, I mean, uh, take those into blackberry whiskey, 
um, and we only take the very concentrated hearts into um, the actual uh, quote-unquote um, run for what's going into barrels as bourbon and as rye. Um, so like I said, those higher, cleaner cuts, more fruitiness, more floral, less of the oil, cooked grain kind of feel to it. Um, and our barrel choices, I mean, we're winemakers at heart. We use six different cooperages, uh, which is a lot of cooperages within a single distillery. All different coopers have different char levels we like. Like Kelvin, we use one and three. ISC, we're one and twos, and we do some fours out of ISC. Um, Sagum and Road, uh, we're doing ones and twos, Canton twos and threes. We do um, Space Side, we have some. Zach, we have some as well. Uh, we do 12 to 60 month air dried wood. Um, and then most of our cooperages, we ask for a long toast flash char. Um, like again, we're looking for those Millard reactions within the oak, kind of getting those more toasty uh, caramel wood sugars out. Um, versus more of those like just flash char where you still get a little bit of greenness to it and smokiness. Um, so it's a balancing act. Um, me and my brother both did our senior thesis in Oak and how the impact of that is. Um, Blake used to run the GC up at Cornell University and actually look at individual chemical makeups of the top 10 um, best-selling whiskey brands and see how impactful Oak was. Um, in his paper, he concluded that over 70% of the actual available um, like I said, phenolics within the bulb of that glass are actually coming from wood um, reactions, uh, which that's, is kind of fascinating to look into. I was going to say, that's amazing. And I guess that goes why he and he uh, did the uh, double oaked uh, bourbon that I had had as well, because I thought that was, you know, you might think it might be a little extra oaky, um, you know, so to speak, since it's, it's that double barrel. But I, I thought it was still very flavorful and very enjoyable, whether you're sipping it or, or mixing it. Um, so I'm guessing he has put that knowledge to work for him as well. Oh yeah. Um, the double oaking process, we go at, we go about that process and that project totally different than a lot of people. Um, most distilleries go for age when it comes to double oaking. They say, Oh, I age this for 18 months or Hey, I do this for some are really short. Some are like 14, like, like literally weeks. Some people do years. Um, within our finishing and double oaking, we understand that oak is never created equal. Uh, when you look into a forest or you're going walking, uh, which we like, like I said, me and my brother, you go out and you look at different trees. Um, some, like I say, are much more rounder, more denser, more, like I said, the rings are tighter, less oxidation. Um, some are grown in cooler areas. Some are grown in really hot, arid areas. Um, so when you do finish a whiskey, the barrels don't come to age all at the same time. Um, and I don't think a lot of distillers and a lot of people take that into consideration. In a big distillery, I understand that you can't do that. Um, you can't taste the barrels all the time. But at Starlight, like I say, we might only have 20 double oaking processes going at once. And we can taste these every other week and see how they're developing. Because certain oaks, like I say, will say this double barrel is ready but this one is not. Uh, we pre-sell all of our double-barreled uh, projects, and you have to trust us to pull it when they're at their peak because double-oaking is like, it's not ready, it's not ready, it's not ready, it's not ready, it's ready, it's overly extractive because there's a fine line between wood shop sawdust versus having good fruity notes balanced with those heavier oak, vanilla, uh, quote-unquote, wood tannins. So it's a... Uh, it's a balancing act. 
Um, and that's kind of how we go about it. We just, we constantly taste and figure out where it's at its peak. Um, we have barrels that are closer to the window that heat up quicker. So they come of age quicker. We have some that don't get heat at all. Like I said, the sun doesn't peak through the rick house. So they stay constantly cold. So those take a little bit more time. And like all that comes into consideration of the double oaking process here at Starlight. And, and obviously, um, you know, you, you, you've been doing this for, for a long time. I, I thought it was really cool to hear that. Um, and you talked about this earlier, you even got into the process, so to speak, when you were, uh, like 13, 14, is that right? Yeah. I started distilling whenever I was 13 years old. The day I turned 13, dad said, you're old enough to run the still by yourself. And he <laughs> said, go at it. So I made Applejack. And like I said, it's, at youth, you really got to taste and you have to adapt your palate. Um, I was very blessed to come from a family that was more very European. I was having wine at dinner. I was trying to still products, um, getting, at my, getting my palate set uh, when I was young. Um, and also, that's why I never really, like I said, abused alcohol in high school. I didn't go smack a fifth of vodka because, you know, it was a forbidden fruit. Um I was able to build my palate and understand distillation and winemaking at a very young age. And that's helped me um, basically develop my style and develop my uh, art behind distillation and winemaking at a very young age. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I am so, so young and I have a lot to learn. And I'm making whiskey very different than I was back whenever I was, like I said, I, I, a lot of that whiskey that you're tasting right now is when I was 17, 18, and 19. Um, I'm making whiskey very different right now. But like I said, I've had great mentors. They've taught me, um, and I still continuously learn from the larger guys, hear them talk, hear them speak, uh, taste with them constantly. Um, and that's helping build Starlight as a whole, understanding that, understanding what we're about in our palates, but also understanding what the guys are doing across the river um, to build our home and build our house and keep building what Starlet is. I mean, I think every person that I've talked to in the whiskey or, or spirits game always says it's always a constant learning curve. And, and you, you mentioned that as, as well. Do, is there ever though times where someone might look at you and, and your age and go, there's no way you're doing, doing this at, at that age or, or anything like that? I have multiple people ask me if I'm still 21. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm 24 <laughs> years old, but it's a, uh, yeah, all the time. I mean, do I call myself a master distiller? No. Will I ever? No. Uh, but I'm, I distill and I continue to learn. And the biggest thing that people have to do, it's like, yeah, these barrels are my babies, but if a barrel or a project didn't turn out, like I'm honest with it. Um, we've turned four-year-old bourbon whiskey into blackberry whiskey because the project didn't work. A lot of distilleries are trying to put stuff out, right? Um, that they love, but it doesn't fit the curve. And sometimes you have to be like, all right, this did not work. Um, and then that's why we have blackberry whiskey. And my brother's the same way. Um, love like to death. Like I said, he's in Napa Valley working at Dominus right now. He's coming home in the early November, but me and him distilling together, it's fun to watch us taste and watch people like interact with us in distillery. Cause they're like, these two boys are distilling this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? Are you guys both in high school? I'm like, no, we're not both in high school. But, I mean, we get that constantly. But, as again, um, I like I say, we're still learning. We're very, very young. Um, 
were trained as winemakers um, in the School of Hard Knocks from Distillation, but we had one of the best mentors. Like I said, I had Dad, I had Jason, uh, Lisa Wicker, um, who joined our team, like I said, in 14, 15, and 16 before she went to uh, Widow Jane um, up in Brooklyn. Uh, she's helped me a lot. Of course, I had Dave Pickerel and Dave Perkins. Like I said, those guys used to fight here all the time about who did the best pork barrel finish. Um, and with his rye and pickerel with Hill Rock. And it was just like, God, what's better? What's better? Taste this, taste that. And me and my brother were just here to watch and listen to like really legends go at it. So it's really, it's really cool. The unique experience that me and him had growing up to lead us to be able to do what we do today. And I enjoyed kind of right before we hit the record button on this, we were talking about, you know, titles and all that. And you go, I, don't really have one. I guess you're a jack of all trades because I think right before we we hit, you know, you got here, you were working on the the bottling line for for wine. I mean, is there anything that you don't do at the at the it, farm? It's a it's a farm. Like I said, um, we're in all aspects of everything, um, and I think that's what helps us understand our business the best. Um, we know it from top to bottom. I mean, I bust tables up in the cafe. I've worked the bars doing bartending. Um, I've worked on the floor. I've worked in our uh, our back of our kitchen when we needed help. I'll, I'm on the bottling line. But that all has an impact of, A, to understand process flow, but understand everything that you're just not tasting the barrels. You know exactly what you put into the cookers or you understand that this fermentation was like this, um, this happens to be like that. Um, and that helps us build up data points inside of our brain to be able to recall that memory or that that certain um, aromatic that we smelt within the fermenters. Now it's in four or five years later, you're getting that out of the whiskey. Um, it's fun to be able to understand everything from top to bottom. And we can't do this by ourselves. We have over, like I said, 200 employees that help make Starlight and Huber Winery and Huber's Orchard and Winery run day after day uh we couldn't do it by ourselves i mean we have an army of people that um have literally came up to the forefront even during this pandemic to be able to help us continue what we are because as you know a farm just cannot stop running uh neither can a distillery so those guys have uh really helped us this year and every year previous to really um help us grow what our family has done for 177 years and continue to grow it and then is there ever a challenge? Cause to me, I'm, you know, looking from, you know, the outside in, uh, you know, I feel like the winery side and the distillery side should be totally different things, but I'm guessing they're a lot more similar than most people would, would gather. Yeah. Um, there, again, there's a big difference between cooking for whiskey and fermentation of wine and brandy, but, they're very intertwined the same way. Um, again, when it comes to understanding yeast barrels, cutting high and getting the oil stripped off, we all learn that from our brandy and wine side. Um, brandy, no doubt. I think whiskey's hard to make going to brandy. I always tell every distiller there, my like, here's my TED talk. Brandy is very, very hard to make and hard to do right. Uh, from the fermentation of it, to the actual distillation, you have to be super exact. Um, 
And that's what's helped us make really, really interesting and really unique whiskeys within the marketplace is that we had that knowledge. Um, we were blessed, like I said, Jason, Dad, and Jesse um, were all cut their teeth on the brandy side of things. And we do everything very traditional, uh, following Cognac and Armagnac and Calvados, kind of the rules um, to be able to produce this, um, the brandy that we do, um, blending the different cooperages in and then coming in and out of oak. Um, for us in the whiskey side of things, we, uh, we took that principle and ran it. So when it comes to cooking, we're a lot more softer when our cooking, our yeast, um, we use different yeast for different mash bills to uh, express different fruity esters or build different chains within the fermentation. Um, Jesse does a really good job of the aromatic malts that he can use within the distillation um, using 2% um, when it comes to like chocolate or cherry or peach or applewood smoke within our, uh, um, our actual malt. Um, to give a certain flavor profile and then go into the fermenter and optimize that with a Saccharomyces cerevisiae yeast that might do better at a uh, mild uh, fermentation temperature versus a hot. Uh, we can do that. We're closed top. We're jacketed. We can extend fermentations. We can make fermentations go like a flash. Um, and then into the pot, there's no electric cuts. Everything is cut by hand each and every day. We have a 500-gallon pot with a large uh, onion, large uh, swan or swan neck into a lyre arm that has a five plate uh, with a big deflamator on it as a low wine column that can run a lot of reflux back to the pot, and then you got a condensing column adjacent to that. So anyway, in short, we can make very exact cuts and very silly really clean up our whiskey and our distillates. Um, a lot more than a lot, or a lot more than most people, um, and we're going about it at a different way. Again, going circling back to your original statement, we they're very different winemaking, brandy production, and dis and whiskey production. But there's philosophies that you can use within both to create a product that's really intricate, very floral, very fruity, very more of the caramelization of what the grains are. Uh, versus doing this rawler oatmeal cereal grain, uh, so to speak, kind of style of whiskey. Uh, I, I and I definitely got that on uh, the 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 Rickhouse Select uh, barrel because it was very robust in the flavors, and it, and you can it makes more sense once you hear how you're able to put all that knowledge into making whiskey, and it, it it's it's amazing. And then my my I got a tough question for you now, Christian. What's your favorite one? that you've ever done wine, brandy, whiskey. What's the favorite thing you've ever gotten to do? Well, precursor to this to this date um, is different than what I'm going to do in the future because there's stuff and products back there that I'm very, very excited for. Um, again, I'm not going to leak anything out, but there's projects that I have back there right now that I'm been very proud of, very excited about that are coming down the pipeline to be continued very watch carefully uh, small production runs of some very interesting bourbons and rye coming out and some finishes that are coming out for me and Blake. But again, on the flip side, what has been my favorite? I think the favorite collaborative things that we've done is the family uh, series. Um, every year the, we meaning my dad, my brother uh, and myself go on to the Rick house and we pick the best single barrel period. In the rickhouse and we really set as the gold family um one barrel of bourbon one barrel of rye um 
and it takes us all year to pick one barrel because we all have very different palates and it's they change as you know from the cooling winter cycle into the spring warming cycle into the flash heat of summer then into the fall we're tasting these barrels of whiskeys and we're all fighting for different barrels um, but when we decide on one barrel that is spectacular, it's really something very unique to say that we all three love it and we want it. Um, with our gold family, like I said, as a brand too, we're farmers at heart. We're $32.99 for our blended whiskeys. We're $49.99 for our, uh, for our quote unquote normal single barrel sets and $59.99 for our finishes. But that's where we want to keep it because that's what we think people deserve um right now that's what we what we deserve as a price um we're not going to use the craft whiskey kind of um quote-unquote term to charge double the amount for what it's worth um but with the gold family reserve we still stick a hundred hundred dollar price tag on it because us three feel like that is the best barrel and that's what we want to showcase this year as the release um so we take huge pride into making a whiskey or picking a whiskey that is going to be able to stand up for that price point. And it's tough. I mean, there is times to where two of us decide, but one of us don't. And guess what? It doesn't get picked. And we go to the next week, and then we retry them. And then we all three have to be unanimous. And it's, it's, a, it's a process. I mean, we fight tooth and nail for it. And there's holdouts, and there's it's it's a brutal process but if you ever get a hold of the gold family stuff it's a uh we can't be ultimately more proud than that product right there those products have had our blood sweat and tears and it's a uh it's the true representation of the best of what starlight can do and, and i i love to on the on the price points of sticking there because that's you know i don't want to say the every man every woman's you know price but it, it really is and Truth be told, I would have to say that that some of your your whiskeys are better than some of those that are you know double or triple that price. Uh, so you're getting a hell of a value uh, with with the Starlight brand. Yeah, we uh, we as a whole, like I said, we rather as we go up in age statement, be able to creep up, but we weren't going to just come out rolling too too big of a price point because at the end of the day, it is bourbon and it is rye. Uh, we love what we're doing, but again, it's it's bourbon at four, five, and six years old, and rye at four, five, and six years old. Um, so we wanted to be able to be a bargain brand and for people to understand and drink our whiskey right now. And like I said, you can follow us up in the age statement as we go, um, but that's where we wanted to be, and that's where we're going to sit at. Um, we don't want to uh, to overwhelm anybody and come out swinging hundred dollars for four year whiskey. We just kind of wanted you guys to. Uh, to follow follow us and be able to drink these bottles, just not collect them and resell them. We want people to crack them open, understand what we are. And and you're definitely doing a good job at that because I can't wait to see what those you know six seven the ones in the teens and, and then you know a few decades down the line the 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 twenties uh, uh, taste like because I'm I'm very intrigued by what you guys are doing now. And Christian James, what's my last question? I always ask this to, to everyone. What's next for Starlight and uh, Huber Winery? You well, um, you start and then I'll go. Yeah, I think for me, when it comes to like my job specifically, um, it's expanding the brand into new states. You know, um, right now with the whiskeys, we are just in Indiana and Kentucky. We did just open distribution 
into Tennessee. So we are currently working on getting some product down to uh, various points in Tennessee through our distributor that we just started working with. But, you know, the, the realm of possibility exists to go further, of course, and to get up into New York and into Florida and uh, sending some stuff out to California, uh, Texas. So that that's kind of like uh, the next steps for me uh, in the in the near future. And then who knows? Uh, maybe one day we'll. It's it's a close goal, but we'll get into Canada. Maybe send some stuff to Australia or Japan, uh, and and take this this product international. So, but that's that's significantly further down the road. Uh, so that that's my cup of tea. My goal for the for the next uh, few years, to say the least. Well, my uh, <laughs> I have a very I have a very Again, again, I'm more of the production side of things. So uh, as a goal, like I said, I want to get our age statement up, but I want to produce some of the best quality bourbon and rye and and a malt because we're doing malt whiskey as well um, out there. As a whole, like I said, I don't, I put our stuff up against some of the best. I want to be able to compete um, on huge high levels. Like I said, I, I put our whiskey up against a lot of the big heritage brands. Um, and I want one of these days to be able to do that and do it better. Um, and again, it comes with experience and time and age and what we do. So as a whole, Starlight in the future, like I said, look forward to age statements creeping up. Uh, hopefully that leads into uh, more robust characteristics that come with the age statements. Um, as a whole, like I said, we want to continue what we're doing as a family, as a brand, as a community as well, and keep growing Starlight slowly but surely. Now realize we never want to be a big heritage brand. I never want to have a, a, a four-story high 18-inch column. That's just not going to be Starlight. Starlight, like I said, we're going to continue our craft distillation, doing it right, growing it, getting the age statement up, um, and doing craft distillation the right way. Um, and again, we want to be able to grow our, grow our age statement and for you guys to be along for that ride, to be able to ride it up, um, and see what Starlight is here in a few years. Well, James, Christian, I, I look forward to seeing what, what you guys can continue to put out in the future. Cause like I said, just a little bit ago, you're doing some really great things. And I think people will be shocked when they, uh, finally get their hands on, on some Starlight. Cause, uh, you're, you're doing things just as good or better than, a lot of the the big brands out there and and I love to see that. Thank you very much. Yeah, the uh it just like you say keep on being on the lookout. Glad you're enjoying it. Um blind your friends on some of our stuff with some of the the heritage distilleries and other craft distilleries around the country. Um that seems to yield some positive results for us uh personally and you know, you also see it with uh if, if you are on Instagram and Facebook, there is an account called Indiana Bourbon. Uh, we were just, our, our, our old Rickhouse Rye was just awarded the uh, best rye whiskey of 2020 from Indiana. So um, not only is it fun for the individuals and to do blinds and, you know, kind of show your friends that, uh, you know, the stuff at Starlight is better than what some people may think. And uh, we're also getting some getting some awards still from uh from some of our local friends so uh definitely be on the lookout for us in the future well james christian thank you so much for being on here thank you no thank you for having us it's been a blast
I had a lot of fun talking with James and Christian from Starlight Distillery, Huber Winery, uh, located in Indiana, just north of Louisville. You got to check them out. They're a farm, a working farm. They have orchards that you can take your kids to, cafes, uh, you name it, it's there. It's a place everyone really needs to go, and they're making some really great products as well. I, I was happy to have uh, Christian on there, and it's amazing to think he's only in his 20s and what he's able to do, and him and his family are able to do with some very young whiskey so far. Remember, you can find Hops and Spirits on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hops Spirits, all one word. Don't forget to check out our past episodes of Whiskey Weeks with the likes of Nicole Austin from George Dickel, Trip Stimson from Barrel Craft Spirits, uh, Tim Pearson from Chattanooga Whiskey, and next week we round out our Whiskey Weeks with none other than Ryan Lang of Middle West Spirits out of Columbus, Ohio. He's got some cool stories to tell you about his family and other generational uh, person there in the distilling industry. Uh, we've had a lot of fun so far in Whiskey Weeks. You don't want to miss it. Don't forget to check out our friend One Sip Beer Review on Instagram at One Sip Beer Review for daily beer reviews and a whole lot more fun. Until next time, cheers, everyone.